All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. You're listening to Dropping the Gloves with former NHL All-Star John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. everybody welcome to the fourth episode this week of dropping the gloves we had to take yesterday off we got some terrible news well that kind of terrible kind of good depending on how you looked at it tim's not a quitter i'd never been confused with the quitter in his whole life he went back to the covid well and decided to get covid again for the second time i loved it i love the determination tim you're gonna beat this and you're two and over versus covid yeah, I decided once was enough. So, yeah, I got COVID again, which has been a tough 48 hours. Better now. Still a little bit sick. So if my voice cracks or if I sneeze or cough or something, that's the reason why. So you'll have to carry the show today, I think. As per as, usual. <laughs> yeah, I can't set you up like that. Does it bother you that I, um, I've i never gotten it and I'm just around Petri dishes of kids every single day? And I feel like my kids have it right now based on your symptoms. And I still am just like untouchable, some would say. It doesn't bother me because you've definitely had it. You just you just don't test yourself to find out. So that's what I did. It doesn't you don't, bother you. Don't get tested. Don't get tested. That's the key to, to, to happiness in life with everything it's across like, the board. <laughs> don't check your bank account after a weekend out because then, then it can't hurt you. Right. But as soon as you're you gonna look, get, you're going to get why? hurt. I still don't even check my bank account. I just assume things are getting paid. It's just the key to happiness. Less is more. It's, you know, those old infomercials, the more, you know, it's the less, you know, it's so much better. The less, you know, I'm a happy ignorance is bliss as they say, but yes, we're glad you made it through Tim and you're joining us today and you've done a nice agenda for us to talk about. There was a lot of games to recap yesterday and we missed it. And there's a lot of games last night to recap and let's get into it because what a turn of events. We were talking about it before the show. I've never seen a playoff series like this where the swings are so drastic. So there's six series that are tied 1-1 now, which just shows the parity in the league. It's great. But those one-win games, each team, they're not close games. It's not like, oh, we won 4-3 and they came back and they beat us 3-2 in overtime. No, the games are blowouts. They're 5-1. They're 6-1. They're 5-2. And they go for each team. The Tampa Bay-Toronto series is like that. The Florida series is like that. The Rangers series is a little different. But the, it, it's just amazing how 
the momentum swings left and right from one team to the other. I don't know how to explain it. I don't know, because it's not like there's weeks between games. It's literally one game and then you're playing again to go from losing 6-1 to winning 6-1. I don't know how that happens. I really don't. But it, it just goes to show how great hockey is. You can't predict anything. Unpredictable. So let's break into it. The Rangers Penguins coming off a big quadruple overtime loss. The New York Rangers, they really had to answer. And things became a little bit easier when Casey DeSmith decided not to play. No one knows what's wrong with him yet. Lower body injury, LBI. You know, they're not going to give up any more details on that. So who knows when he hurt himself? They had to go to Louis Domingue. I said they're not going to win a game with Louis Domingue in net. I don't care how good he plays. He's still not a starting caliber NHL goaltender in the playoffs. He's a good goaltender. Don't get me wrong. Played with him in Phoenix. Good backup NHL goaltender. Starter in the playoffs, different scenario altogether. And it showed. He didn't play terrible. You know, he, there was nothing egregious that he did, but I don't think he went out of his way to win in the game. They lost 5-2. to two. The Rangers played well. It, it looked lopsided at at times, didn't it? It looked like the Rangers were just taking it to them. The Penguins were on their heels. What I took out of the Penguin side is, man, Crosby so incredibly good. Him and Gensel, <laughs> they, even in a 5-2 loss, I just am watching the game going, boy, is Crosby good. And, and you know who else stands out for me with the Rangers? To me, their two pickups at the trade deadline, Vetrano and Cop. What, what a deadline acquisition by um, Jeff Gordon. Or no, uh, Drury. Those two guys have fit in so good with this team. Cop and Panarin, they play like they've been playing together for years. The chemistry that they have, Panarin just wheels around, and you watch Cop. He just watches Panarin because Panarin will go. He'll turn up. He'll give it back to the D. He'll do a little D to D back to Panarin. And Cop will just float, and he'll wait for Panarin to get into a passing position. Then he'll explode into the zone, right down the pipe into a scoring position. And Panarin is so good, he finds him. He's already gotten two goals in this series that way, and they did it as soon as he came to New York. He's They're, they're so good together. And Vetrano, he's fitting well in that first line with Karadri and Zabinijad. They, man, what, what a good pickup by um, Drury with those two guys because they've been their two best players so far this series. Vetrano absolutely burned. Was it Dumoulin or uh, Matthewson for, I think, the fourth or fifth goal for the Rangers? It was just a beautiful goal. He takes him wide. That's the one Louis Domingue could have maybe got a hand on. He went far side, Mark Massey style, but Vetrano, he's a good little player. They had never heard of him before, before he went to the Rangers. I'll be honest. Goes to the Rangers, all of a sudden he's first line minutes. Kids lighten it up. He had three points already in this series. So they tied it up one-to-one. You're going into Pittsburgh, Tim. Do you feel good jumping on that plane after just getting shellacked five-to-two, knowing you're going back to the iceberg tied one-one? What's the, what's the mood like in the locker room? Well, it's hard to say exactly that you feel good when you just lost that game the way that you did and you've got all these goaltender issues. But I think if you take it into like a little bit of perspective, you split on the road against a team that was favored to beat you with your second and and your third goalie, mostly your third goalie, like playing most of those minutes. I mean, not most, but yeah. you know, more than half. And so it's you got to feel good about that. And now the next you know five games in the series, three of them are at home. So you've got the home ice advantage the rest of the way even though you're down or you're sorry, you're, you're tied and the momentum's kind of swung against you. I think they feel okay right now. I think they feel pretty good. We still don't know exactly Jari or dismiss timeline to return, but they're not ruled out. Like I think a potential, they can come back in game three or four. So I, I, even though they lost this game and it looks like the Rangers kind of took hold with this 
with the of the series with this win. I think it's I think the Pittsburgh's the kind of the team that doesn't get uh, intimidated easy. They have too much experience, too much success. I think they'll bounce back. I think they're feeling pretty good about where they stand right now. Well, especially, yeah, you're still missing Yari, who has, has not resumed skating yet. So the timetable on him is still, it's it's days, if not weeks from now. So I don't think we'll see him in the series if he hasn't stepped on the ice yet. You're still missing Jason Zucker, who's a, who's a big part of this team. He's lightly started skating again. We don't know Ricard Raquel, where he's at. And then, you, of course, you have Casey DeSmith. So there's a lot of question marks going into game three. Who's going to play? Who's obviously going to start in net? What that lineup is going to look like? Because they're missing a lot of key players on this team. And that's not even including the goaltenders. So I like where Pittsburgh's at. And like we said, going into the series, I like their veteran presence. I think jumping on that plane, Crosby, Malkin, Latang, Rust, Gensel, these guys are, they're okay. They're one. They, they won one game. They went there and did their job. The next three of the next five are at home. They got to win those three. They win the series and they move on. Will they do that? I don't think so. I think not having your two goaltenders is a big deal. We'll see uh, how DeSmith, you know, pans out when, when the injury report comes back. But all in all, for a two-day trip to the to the Big Apple, I think they did what they accomplished. But it does sting a little bit when you're going home, especially after winning that first game. You're all excited. And then you come home feeling all down because you lost that second game. It, it hurts a little bit. It definitely hurts. You want to be going home after winning a game. I think if you want to win one of the two games, you'd rather win the second than the first. But hey, can't always get what you want, like the Rolling Stones said. All right, moving on. A crucial game down south, the Florida Panthers, coming off an absolute waxing by the Washington Capitals. I'm, I'm saying the Washington Capitals controlled the game start, start to finish. The stars for Florida were nowhere to be found. Huberto, Barkov, Ekblad, Giroux, Reinhardt. Everybody missing whatsoever. That's why we play the game, Tim. They played again. They dropped the puck again last night. What a bounce back win. It, it was a completely different game. A completely different game. Washington looked out of sorts the whole game. Vinicek looked okay. Shaky at times. Bobrovsky looked great again. Not that he was challenged that much. The, um, the loss of Tom Wilson looked like it hurt them a little bit. They, they didn't have much jump in their game. They had to switch the lines a little bit. But the loss of him, like we talked about, it was a big factor. He's a huge part of this team as much as nobody likes to talk about or admit. He's a big part of that team all over the ice, offensively, defensively, just morale in the locker room. You watch him before the game. He's always doing the stupid high fives with everybody, and they they have their thing. Vanacek gets pulled after he gives up four. Samsonov comes in really good, played well, stopped everything he got thrown at him. Moving on, just like we talked about with the Rangers, is Washington happy going back to Washington after getting just shellacked five to one? They're still tied one, one, the same scenario as Pittsburgh. Can you be happy if you're the Washington Capitals, knowing that goaltender controversy is there? Who do you start in game three? Wilson's still out. You were just dominated the night before Florida finally woke up. Their stars figured it out. They're like, we got embarrassed and they came to play. Every, every one of their top guys played well. What's the mood like in Washington, Tim, now? <laughs> what's the mood like i think you have to be happy i mean this is the no one gave him a chance in the series and then it surprised everyone when they took game one i don't know you you pulled a million hockey fans i don't know how many of them would, would have given the caps game one so they really shocked the world and i think this is something that that they probably aren't surprised by um just given the leadership and the and the uh, the veteran presence on this team that they've been there before they're confident in themselves but like you said it's actually very quite similar to the pittsburgh series where you got this 
goaltender, big question mark on the back end. And I think that's something that they need to address. Like Manichek gets pulled after four goals, I think on 19 shots, something like that. So he's not good at all. As good as he was in game one, he was worse in game two. And so I think you got to go with Sam Sonov after what he did the rest of the game, stopping all 17 shots thrown at him. I think, I think he's got to be the, the pick there. But this is this is an important game, though. You know, even you're in Washington for the next two games, but you give Tampa, or sorry, you give Florida a second win in a row, and all of a sudden they they feel like they've got the range. It's going to be hard to battle get back against a team that's got that much firepower, that good of a goalie. You know, they're, they're so good top to bottom. This is not a team that you can really give an inch of momentum to. Yeah, listen, this was a everything had to go perfect in this series for Washington to win. Let's just be honest. Florida was the highest scoring team in the NHL. They out talent Washington top to bottom. And now they're having goaltender issues. It's, it's not a good situation to be in. If you're Washington, Ovechkin still hurt. Wilson's still going to be out. It's an uphill battle for Washington. It, it always has been. It always will be. And this just makes it even harder. You know, they should be happy being one, one. This is the advantage I give Washington and Pittsburgh over a team like Toronto, where they're at one and one Washington's they're a veteran team. They've been in this situation before. They've been down in series. They bounce back. They know how to respond. When you have Stanley Cup champions, when you guys who, guys who have been around and overcome situations like this, you give them a benefit of a doubt. But I, I just don't think Washington, like I said, they, I don't think they can overcome the talent disparity between the two teams. But they're putting a little bit of a scare in Florida, which I didn't think they were going to. I thought Florida was going to come in and roll them 2-0, just blow them out. But it, it's a good series. Uh, it, it's a series of momentum so far. And right now, Florida has it. They're a younger team. They seem to have their confidence back, their mojo. And I, gosh, if, if this series comes back to Washington, I'll be surprised. So they'll go for these two. And then I think they're done. I think Florida wins the next three. But who knows? You know, we could go game six. Washington's goalies both are good. I, I don't think you're going to go either way. I think Vanacek and Samson are both serviceable goalies. I don't think you're going to get that much of an upgrade from either one of them. I don't think Vanacek played that bad. It's just, you know, it is what it is. Florida's a better team. All right. Our first 2-0 series. Avalanche beat the Preds again. You know, the first game, I think it was 7-2. It was a decisive win. This game a little bit closer. Overtime, 2-1. Avalanche, Kale McCart. Potential Norris Trophy winner. He won't win it, but he'll, he'll get a lot of votes. Roman Yossi's going to win it. Should win it. A little bit tighter game. What happened to him? Why was it so much tighter this game? Why was it not a 7-2 blowout again from the Avs? Are they cracking a little bit? No, I don't think so. I think the Predators stepped up. I think they learned a lot from game one. Um, and, you know, as good as they knew the Avalanche were, I still, they, I still think they were kind of shell-shocked in that game. And so, you know, five goals in the first period in game one is just like a punch to the face that they didn't really recover from. So I think in game two, they were much more relaxed, much more settled, much more ready for this game. And I think you saw that kind of manifest itself. Um, and the other big thing is Ingram, this goal that they had, two goals he allowed against the high, you know, arguably the best offense in the league and 51 shots in his first NHL playoff start. That's that's kind of like a, a bottled magic that you don't really you can't really expect again in the series. You know, if you get a similar performance, it's you're playing with house money for that reason, because he played so well and because you were able to really contain that offense. You needed to win this game if you're the Nashville Predators. This is a game you absolutely needed to win. I don't think they get another opportunity to go to overtime or even be within 
one goal, even maybe two goals late in the game against this team. Like I think they, they could easily get blown out in these next two games, get tucked away into a sweep just because they didn't win this one. This is a game that was a must win and they couldn't pull it off. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't think it's as dire as you do. I think being able to take Colorado to overtime, being able to play them to a draw the last two periods of game one, I think Nashville's slowly realizing they can play with Colorado. They've seen them a lot this season. This was a perfect game for Nashville, though. They needed to win this. That would have been a good game for them to win. But like I said, until you lose at home, there's lots of series left. UC Soros has been skating. They talked to the coach, John Hines, said he's not going to rule him out for game three. So not that Ingram was the problem, but I think just having Soros and net does give them a little bit vote of confidence where they can maybe, maybe be a little more aggressive on the front end, pinch a little more, just get out of the zone a little bit faster. I think with Ingram, they were playing defensive on their heels and you never want to play hockey like that. So I'm not saying the series is going to shift back Nashville's way, but Nashville Bridgestone arena, it's a hard arena to play in. If they can get that first goal, get the crowd behind them. Taylor Lewan will be there for the Titans chugging beer out of fish. It'll be rocking. It'll be rocking and rolling. Colorado wasn't that dominant last game. Two to one in overtime. That There's a lot of question marks around in Colorado still. They came out firing in the first period. The last five periods, it's been a, it's been a toss-up, Tim. I don't think any other team has been that remarkably better than the other team. Yes, Colorado got 51 shots, but you know it was still a 1-1 game going into the overtime. I'm not saying Nashville's going to come back, but there is a chance. I think they win game three. I think Soros plays, and I think it's going to be a whole new series. But what do I know? I'm just one man. But all I know is going back, being down 0-2, Nashville, yes, they're upset, but I still feel the mindset in that locker room is we can hang with these guys. Like, we can play. Yes, they lost 7-2 to the first game. They took us to overtime the second game. It wouldn't surprise me if that they're more confident than a Capitals team than a Penguins team, than a Leafs team. There's more good feelings in that locker room than those three other teams because if you lose in overtime, like it's anybody's game. I don't know. I, I just think you're down 2-0. I don't think it's the end of the world for the Nashville Predators. It wouldn't surprise me if they win game three. would not surprise me. Yeah, you say all that, but like, like you said, this is a, a great game from them. Everything went their way. Everything that they needed to do to win really happened. Were you containing them? You hold them to one game, one goal in regulation. Your goaltender's making forty-eight saves, and and all of a sudden, you still can't win. You know, so I don't, I don't see them pulling that off again. The the one caveat being that they're the Nashville Predators' offense hasn't really woken up yet, and as good as Colorado is, they're not like the best, you know, elite defensive team. So I think if if Nashville's like the superstars, you got two goals from uh, Duchenne in Game One, but they were garbage goals. It was already six nothing when he scored his first goal and his. Second one when he was seven to one. So like it's not like he's really impacting the game offensively yet. Roman Yossi has one assist. You're not getting anything from Forsberg yet. You're not getting anything from Johansson. So I think if those guys, like you said, if they have a strong game playing in front of the home crowd in game three, they have a chance. But I this is this is Colorado series. I, don't, I think that's pretty clear. Well, I agree. It is Colorado series. I know I pick I pick Nashville as an upset. That's that's a stretch. Colorado was the best team in the NHL from start to finish. I know they didn't win the president's trophy, but they were a juggernaut after their slow start. I'm just saying Nashville is going to get last change. That means a lot in the playoffs. They can match lines. I don't think this series is over by any means. I do think Nashville takes a game or two in Nashville and we go back to Colorado and we're this, this series is far from over. I do like Nashville's predators. These next Nashville's chances, these next two games. All right. Speaking of upsets, 
I did not see this coming. I did not see this coming, Tim. Dallas Stars, 2-0 over the Calgary Flames. Well, 1-0. They had an empty netter. Still, shutout win. Jared Ottinger, second career playoff start. He's got two gems in a row. He played unbelievable. Flames had a decent game. Again, just like game one, a very boring game. Not a lot going on. Just a lot of up and down the ice. Dallas has played a very smart series so far. They know they can't outskill them. They know they can't outhit them. They know they can't outwork them. So what they're doing is they're just lulling them to sleep. They're playing very passive. They're forcing them to dump the puck in. They're forcing them to the outside. They're just playing very New Jersey devil style, early nineties hockey. And it's working. They get one goal on a Joe Pavelski tip, which is a beautiful tip, by the way. Pavs has got the best hands in the league when it comes to tipping pucks. It was just a thing of beauty. And then they just, that's it. They lock you down. Yes, Calgary had a bunch of power plays. They had a couple shots on goal. Ottinger gets very pedestrian, 29 saves. Dallas didn't really have that many good chances. I know Sagan, I think, hit the post on one shot, which was somewhat of a grade A chance. But you got to give them credit. You know, they, they have a game plan. They're sticking to it. They're not extending themselves. They know they're outmatched, like I said, talent-wise, size-wise, skill-wise, everything. They're sticking to the game plan, and they're executing it. Now they're tied 1-1 going home to Dallas. So it's definitely a lackluster series, but, man, oh, man, if you're Calgary and you're going to Dallas and you're like, we, we've played okay. We have definitely gotten decent scoring chances. We, we've stuck to our game plan. We're playing good defensively, and we're, de- like, we're 1-1. And we could have almost lost that first game. Is there any chance Dallas pulls off the upset? Is this the Dallas Stars of 2020, like reincarnated right now? Well, maybe. Maybe. I think Ottinger's a, a better goalie than, than Hudobin. I, I know he is, but Hudobin played out of his mind in that playoffs, you know, run. Yeah. I think I think this could be an upset. I think it could be. And you gotta remember too, like they're not playing out of their minds either. Like you said, they're they're playing very conservative, they're playing defense first. They only had twenty three shots last night. You know what I mean? It's not like they're it's not like they're just like surprising and, and shocking the uh the flames with their offensive prowess or anything. So I think they're playing it smart. Um, but it's funny too, because in my mind, this is also the kind of series that that uh uh what's his name? Who's the, the head coach of the flames and planking? Sutter. Yeah, like this is the kind of series he wants to play too. He wants to win one nothing. He wants to win zero zero if he could. So he's the kind of guy that I think would want to play a long grinded out series. He doesn't want to play an up and down game the way that like Edmonton might, for example. So I think if if this series continues this way, I do give the Flames the edge. But Dallas has played great so far. So like you said, you got to give him credit. I think whoever wins this series, it's whoever scores first in every game. It's it's a race to get that first goal and just sit on your lead and just play lockdown defense. Both teams are very structurally sound. They know how to hold a lead. That that's I, I firmly believe that whoever scores first in every game will win. They just it, it, hey, it's two games in a row. That that's what's happened. Calgary scored first. They sat on it. Dallas scored first and they sat on it. And then they just keep them the outside. Don't give them any chances. And the goaltenders are good. Markstrom and Ottinger are both really good goaltenders who can hold a lead. And they're not going to give up a beach ball. It's a boring series. But it's also an entertaining series. It really is. And when I'm entertained, I want popcorn. What if I don't have popcorn at the house, Tim? DoorDash. DoorDash will go to the grocery store for you to pick up some popcorn. They will. They'll do anything you want. That's why they're called DoorDash, the greatest food delivery company in the world. Maybe in the universe. Guardians of the Galaxy. Great movie, too. So go to DoorDash. Use promo code GLOVESDDUS if you're in the US of A. But if you're in Calgary, use promo code GLOVESDD. 
Get yourself 25% off free delivery. Get yourself some popcorn when you're watching all these beautiful hockey games. Is that your food of choice, Tim, when you're watching hockey games? It is. It's one of them. And by the way, I can't go grocery shopping right now, so I'm going to be using DoorDash for the next couple of days while I'm quarantined. go grocery shopping. It's fine. No, I got a quarantine, dude. That's what happened when you get COVID. Yeah, you go. You go. It's good. Just get out there. Just get that. Get everybody infected and everybody will be fine. We're going to get flagged for COVID now because that was misinformation. You don't do that. But anyways, yes, use DoorDash, use our promo code, get yourself some nice money back and get good food or popcorn, whatever you want to order. If you're Tim, maybe get some medicine. I don't know what you do when you get COVID, probably take some medicine. But yeah, DoorDash. All right, we got some games tonight. I'm sorry, we got to talk about it. We didn't even Mm. talk about the shellacking two games ago. Bruins came back to Boston. They went to Carolina, just got the doors beat off. They lost game two, five to two. Wasn't even close, start to finish. It was just a shellacking. Linus Olmark started. Bruins looked outmatched every facet of the game. Marshawn even got embarrassed by the third string goalie by the Canes. Like it was just all in all a bad thing. Usually big bad Bruins out hit people. They got out hit. They got outplayed. They got outscored. They just got absolutely dominated. What what's going on in Boston, Tim? Is people are people losing their minds? They are. There's a lot of people blaming the refs. There's definitely been. Oh, uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, blame the refs. Yeah, right. Uh, a lot of fines that or maybe, you know, scrums that they thought should have been match penalties rolling the Bruins player gets penalized, that sort of thing. The Carolinas had, I think they had three five-on-three power plays in game two. Um, and But, you know, the Bruins, the Bruins are doing stuff. And that's what happens, too, when you're losing, too. And if you're losing, you're a step behind the player. That's when you start hooking and reaching and grabbing jerseys and putting against the wall and all that stuff. And and Carolina's put them in that position all series long. So it's been tough to watch as the Bruins fan. I don't really have the answers. I think a big issue is, is the, the top line of the top stars. I know Pasternak's not in that perfection line anymore, but Bergeron really hasn't looked good. And in the dot, he's getting beat a lot. And he had two goals in game two, but I didn't, like they weren't even great goals. And he didn't, he's had not had a great series. Marshawn's been almost invisible. Pasternak has not looked great. Hall has been okay, but those guys, if those guys aren't going, the Bruins aren't going. So I think we need a big showing from them in game three, and I hope we get it. But even still, the Bruins could win 5 nothing tonight, and I still wouldn't like their chances in the series. They just they look outmatched. Yeah, they're putting back together the perfection line. Um, is there any other changes that you could see? Is Swayman pulling into the lineup over Olmark? Is there any other roster changes they can make? That makes a difference. Hampus Lindholm's out because he just got yep. absolutely just. I thought the Ricard Raquel hit was good. This is the hit of the playoffs so far. Like he's coming around the net. Hampus Lindholm, their big offseason acquisition. You got to know you're going to get hit. Am I right? Like you got to think there's going to be a forward there for checking you. Why did he not? How do you not see Svechnikov coming right at you? I don't understand his his awareness on the ice. And then he just gets like uh, decleated, like just hit right out of his skates and he's done. What, what was he doing, Tim, on that play? Does he not know where he is on the ice? It like, it didn't even cross his mind that another player could have been in that area. Of the Like it was crazy. Like he was a hundred percent just got blown up by Svechnikov. Like he hadn't, could not see it coming. It was hard to watch. He's obviously, he looks concussed. He was, he, he collapsed while he was trying to get up. Uh, Omar had to like support him. So yeah, he's out. Mike Riley's in and he's playing right now. Top minute with, um, with McAvoy, who's actually had a great series. He's, he's been one of the Bruins kind of small bright stars. 
You got uh, Chris Wagner, old old Bruin, coming back in up from Providence. He's skating in for Trent Frederick, who's had a terrible series so far. And Frederick, he likes to drop the gloves. He's, he'll go after the Tom Wilson to go after Reeves. Like, and he's not afraid of anyone, but he gets tossed a lot. Like every time he's getting beat hit, up, that guy. Yeah, and not even that, but it, like it, like in hits too. Like he's just constantly on his ass from some open eyes hip check or something. Um, but the big thing is is Swayman coming in for Game Three. And so he hasn't seen a lick of ice yet in the playoffs. They haven't pulled all mark and I haven't really had the need to. And I don't think it's really been his fault. Like, I, you know, there's a couple of goals that I think you would have wanted back, like Trocek goal in game one. But even so, at that point in the game, it was out of hand. So I don't I don't I don't blame him for anything. But like you said a few times, sometimes it takes a, a change like that to send a message to the guys and maybe inspire some new confidence, maybe get some new energy. So I think with these roster changes, with a change in net, with Pasternak, Bergeron, Marshawn playing together again, I think we could see a different Bruins team tonight. Like I said, I don't know how far that takes them, but I think game game three, I wouldn't be surprised if the Bruins look decidedly better. What are your thoughts on Pasta making that dirty, disgusting run at um, anti-Ranta? <laughs> what would your thoughts uh, on that? Yeah, no, listen, I, I'm not being a Bruins homer when I say I have no problem with that. I thought the Svechnikov hit was clean. I think like they had no problem with that. Pasternak, weird play. I think he sort of was trying to avoid him like he thought maybe um, uh, he was going to play the puck. So we kind of kept skating at him and then lost his edge last minute, threw his hands up. It definitely looked bad. I could see it being a penalty, and it was. But he said this morning on a, um, on a press conference, he's like, anyone who think I tried to hurt him on purpose just doesn't know anything about hockey. And so, I, yeah, incidental penalty, minor penalty, that was all. It's disgusting. <laughs> just, yeah. he, he was predatory. He knew what he was doing. There was the backup anti-Ranta, obviously. They were losing the game. They needed the momentum change. They, they didn't know anything about the third stringer from Carolina, and he, and he went after him. Disgusting. I didn't like it. So, yeah, anti-Ranta's out. They bring in this other guy, this Kochetskov. He had three games, you know, at the end of the regular season just to get him acclimated with North America. He came over from the KHL, went 3-0 in his short stint with the big club. He was playing in the AHL. When he came over from the KHL, dominated the AHL, went 13-1-1. So this guy knows how to play goal. He, he definitely is, is a suitable third-string goaltender for any team in the NHL. So he, he stepped in, held the net fine, beat up Brad Marchand, and he, it, was a, it was a great showing for him. He's 1-0 in the playoffs, 3-0 in the regular season. He's undefeated. I think he'll win two more games a series because I don't think the Bruins doing anything. There was nothing from the last two games – that would give me any confidence in the Boston Bruins moving forward. Nothing at all. Pasternak has been, other than him with that disgusting run on anti-Ranta, he's been invisible the whole series. Marshawn has been the same. Other than his attempted slash at this Kachetkov, he's been invisible. It is something to be said that your two best players, their two most noteworthy plays are trying to injure a goaltender. Isn't that funny, Tim? That's not what you want to be remembered for at the end of the series. Yeah, they should lock. Guys like that just don't belong in the league anymore. These are the dinosaurs, right? You said it. You and Jack Edwards. You heard it here first. Yeah, the Bruins are done. Is there any chance, Tim, like out of, out of all the 16 teams in this playoffs, the Bruins and the Canes are 2-0, and the Predators and the Avs are 2-0. and The Bruins are in the worst shape. Don't you think it of any team in the playoffs right now? Um, yeah, the only one close would be obviously be the Predators, but yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Actually, yeah. you know what? It's not close. They're in the worst. They're the worst. Yeah. 
by far. I, yeah. I think Carolina is continuing to get their confidence. In game one, they won. I don't even think they played that well. They managed to squeak that one out. Game two, they played great. I don't think they have yet reached their potential. So that's the scary part. They don't even have their starting goaltender for Pete's sake. So yes, going into tonight, I, I fully expect Carolina to take this game, go up three nothing, and then just moonwalk home to Carolina, winning four nothing. So tough look for the Bruins this season. Moving on, Lightning versus the Leafs. I thought the Leafs were going to have a, a strong effort. They came out of the game strong. The first period, I think, was all Toronto. They they dominated the play. They were taking it to the the Lightning. Vasilevsky whew, played well. Played well in the first period. He was there when the Lightning needed him. Lightning get a garbage power play goal right at the end of the first period. Hedman gets a gift, a bounce puck to him. I don't know what Campbell's doing on the goal. I don't know what he's thinking. He overplays Hedman's non-fake of a shot, and Hedman just goes, okay, I guess I should just score in the open net. And Campbell's over on the dot. I don't understand that play whatsoever from Jack Campbell. There's five seconds left. Just, Just sit there. Like you don't have to make any moves at all. Just go towards Victor Hedman. You don't, you don't need to bite on that shot. So that was a bad play by Jack Campbell. No one's talking about it. Everyone's like praising Victor Hedman. What what patience? There was no patience. He just saw Jack Campbell diving out of the way for some reason. But they get a goal at the end of the first period. That is exactly what they needed after that sloppy first period. They go into the into the uh, intermission, just feeling good about having a bad period. They come on the second and they just, they're gone from there. They win the game five to three heading back to Tampa. Victor Hedman had a great game. He's got one goal, three assists did have another hiccup on the PK or on the PP when he tries to keep the puck in, gives up a shorthanded goal that he needs to play a little more passive. That's twice now in two games where he's giving up shorthanded goals against. So if I'm the coach on Tampa, I'm saying, listen, we, if, if you see a Toronto guy coming towards you, I don't want a 50-50 puck there. Just just back off. It was TJ Brody. Just take a one-on-one versus TJ Brody. We'll win that all day long. But then TJ gets it. He gives it over to Kafoot. It gives Elise a little bit of life. But nothing happened, but it could have. So that, that's their only issue. I'm like, come on, you guys. Clean up the special teams. All right. With that being said, another series, Tim. 1-1. They're going back to Tampa now. This is a, a different situation than Washington and Pittsburgh. Tampa won the second game. They're jumping on the plane. They're chugging beers. They're feeling good. Is Toronto in trouble? Do they get the what-ifs, the maybes in the back of their head going, uh-oh, here we are again. We won the first game outright. Tampa Bay came back. They run, they're up 5-1. to one. Toronto got a f- couple late goals. Nice one. A couple nice ones. But still, the game was over. It was 5-1. Is this... Series over and Tampa gets the next three, or is this going to seven? Where do you see this series heading, Tim? I'm not ready to say it's over, but given everything you just talked about, it feels like this game is where Tampa starts to take over the series. I think I could see it going six, um, where Toronto wins another maybe game at home. But yeah, this doesn't it feel like this like Tampa's just taking the series over, and even though it's only one game and it's one to one. I don't know because the last four games with these guys, Toronto won six to two, Tampa won eight to one, Toronto won last game, I believe it was five to one, and now it's five to three. So it's just been bing bong, ping pong ball back and forth across the table. Wouldn't surprise me next game if Toronto wins seven to one. These two teams, there's too much offensive firepower between the two of them. I don't think Tampa takes over this series by any means. I, I still think Toronto's got to push back. I hope, I hope they do. 
because I want them to beat Tampa. I, I, I don't see it happening, but I want them to. I, I want Matthews and Marner to be rewarded for their work this year. I think they have changed their game a lot, and that's noticeable. I want them to be rewarded for that. So, no, I, I, don't, I don't think it's over. I know it's not over. This game will go to seven. The series will go to seven, I think. But, yes, Tampa's got to be feeling good. They... Vasilevsky's so good. He really is. They do look slow, though. I'll say that. Their back end, other than Hedmond, their back end seems to struggle a little bit. McDonough's not having a great series. He's been, you know, turning the puck over a little bit more than he has. He's slow getting back to the puck. And when he does get the puck, his decisions aren't as sharp as they used to be. Sergachev's not jumping up in the play like he usually does. I don't know what's going on there. Chernak, somewhat non, not a factor so far in this series, but it's only been two games. You know, let's not get ahead of ourselves. This is the best of five. It's going, to be, it's going to be a long series. It's going to be fun. These games have been exciting games. All right. Anything else on this one, Tim? Well, I just want to point out they, they were down 5-1 to one at one point in this game, battled back with two late goals in the third. Do you, and you know, they, you know, two goal losses are two goal loss. They, they got outplayed. But do you give them any credit for battling back? And does it seem like it's a little bit of a different team where in the years past they might have you know, packed it up and said, let's get ready for the next game? Yeah, that's that's what I I think Marner and Matthews have changed their game a little bit. There was a pushback. Marner's a different player than he was last year. Completely different player. I mean, like he he's he's light years to where he was last year. So you got to give him credit. And that's why I, I don't think they're out of this series. If this was last year, their demeanor would have been down. They would have been uh, blaming everybody, looking back at the goaltender's shoulders shrugged. Matthews would have been not engaged. They've grown, so I'll give them credit for that. They they were able to kind of yeah, like you said, get a couple goals back. Give a little bit of a pushback, and uh, off we go to Tampa Bay for game three. I think it'll be a great series. I think the next couple games hopefully are closer. Hopefully I want to tune in in the third period because right now going into the third, it's like 5-1 both games. So what? A, like, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen in this series? All right, let's go. Wild and Blues tonight. The Wild finally had a pushback. It felt like in game one they were just running around with their chicken with their head cut off, trying to hit everything, trying to dominate the play, trying to be the best player on every single shift, and that's not how you win. The Wild's game is scale now. They're a free-flowing, fast team. They don't want to get caught up in the muck with St. Louis, and they were able to do that last game. Kaprizov got a hat trick. It was a very good game. Huso, the shine was gone. He didn't look great. He gave up five goals and 27 shots. What's going on with this series? Again, St. Louis dominates the first game. They win four or five, nothing. They go play the next game. Win, uh, the wild look great. Marc-Andre Fleury wasn't tested that much, but looked good. The first line was out of this world. What do we expect now? What, how do you, as an analyst, how are we supposed to wrap our head around these games? Right? Like what do you, how are we supposed to predict game three when it's just two completely different games, literally two completely different games. What, what to expect him for game three? Uh, the short answer is I don't know, but I think the long answer is this is just, this is just the result of these teams being so evenly matched. And like th- the next game could be zero, zero and with a one, nothing in overtime. You know what I mean? Like they're capable of blowing each other out. They're capable of playing close. They're, they're so closely matched in style in in depth in goaltending, like across the board and in, in firepower offense and the defense, like they're just, they're almost like mirror images of each other. And I feel like this is, this is, if there's, if I had to bet my money and I think I already did, but like on one of these series guaranteed to go seven games, this would be the one like these, these guys are close. Like, wouldn't you agree? This is this is going seven, no matter what. Yeah. You agree? Well, I, I'm yeah. not going to guarantee, but yes, it is. 
it's going to be a long series. You know, like you said, they're, they're very closely matched. I don't know. I don't know what to expect, you know, and it's frustrating because you try to, you know, do some research, try to be educated on this stuff. And then the game starts and then the blues just lay a complete egg. And the goalie who you're praising the game before Billy hustle looks garbage. It's like, what is going on? Like what were the wild that much more dominant that they just made the blues look silly. I don't know what to expect. I really don't. I'm excited to see game three, but I'm not going to say they're the only series that that is most definitively going to seven. I think the lightning could go to seven. I think the avalanche could not the avalanche, the Rangers could go to seven. I think the stars and flames could go to seven. Like there's a lot of series that I think are going to go the distance because it's a lot closer than I thought it was. And here's another series that I think could go to seven based on the first two games. And I know the Oilers won six, nothing. That was not a six, nothing game. It wasn't, they got a couple lucky bounces quick. They are, they shooting glove high on them on purpose. I don't know. He let in three, you know, short side, high goals, one from Kane, one from uh drawing title. And then they had a tip top shelf, but yeah, it was a six, nothing game for the Edmonton Oilers. We're going to transition there. Big bounce back game. Mike Smith played good, played. Okay. The takeaway from this game is Anze Kopitar is really good. He was the best player on the ice last night. I thought he played really well. He was setting guys up. He was controlling the puck. He played really stinking good. And the same thing with Crosby. I know both of those teams lost, but I'm sitting there watching the game. I'm like, man, Kopitar is good. He really is. I didn't catch many Kings games this past season. He's still got a man. Like he, he's such a good player. So yes, Oilers exact some revenge, six, nothing. McDavid was flying up and down the ice. What did you see from this game? Was this them taking the Kings out back? and just saying this is our series? Well, if you ask our, our friends with Nation Network out in Edmonton, they say, yeah, this is, the, this is the series changer. This is the true Edmonton Oilers. This is the true Mike Smith, and this is the team we're going to see moving forward, and I don't think really any of that is true. Um, like you said, you got, you got to give credit to Mike Smith. Like after he, he's, I wouldn't say silenced the doubters, but he bounced back in a way that I didn't know he was capable of doing. I wasn't sure that he would, just based on what we saw in game one, based on what we saw in years past. So, to make that shot out, I think, is, is really good and send a good message to the boys that this goaltending is not necessarily the reason they're going to lose this series if they lose it because he's capable of putting up numbers like this. So kind of quiet game from McDavid I thought was interesting. If they score six goals, you expect him to get four or five of those points. And I think he had two assists, no goals, if I'm remembering correctly, off the stat sheet. So um, got to be encouraged by that, that you know, even though they put up all these points and McDavid wasn't even a huge part of it. So I think... I have a hard time just buying in to the Oilers winning this series, even after a game like that. I think, I think we knew they were going to have a game like that at some point. Like that's just, that's what the Oilers do. They want a game like that. They want to be up and down, like high scoring shootout of a game and they, they got it and they did it well. I can't see the Kings letting that happen more and more with the Kopitars and Dino's and the experience they have. I think this is a slip on their part. I think we'll bounce back. I think it'll be tighter games going forward, and I, I still think the Kings are going to win this series. You, you're taking the Kings still. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They looked good. for Like I said, for a 6 nothing game, it was not a 6 nothing game. The, the Kings had a couple bad bounces. Quick didn't look too great up high, so he'll adjust to that. I think moving forward, going back to L.A., the Kings feel good. You know, they won the first game outright. They outplayed the Oilers. Going into game two, a couple lucky bounces, a couple power play goals, a couple, you know, redirections that find their way behind quick. But other than like, I don't want to see other than that because that's six goals, but it could have easily been a two nothing game for the Oilers. You know what I mean? I, I think three or four of their goals 
were fluky, were, you know, maybe I'm shortchanging the Oilers, but it didn't seem like a 6 nothing game to me. Yes, the plays were rocking. The Oilers felt good. They won it 6 nothing. They're, go- they're going to Edmonton with good feels. But I don't think L.A. is that downtrodden after this game. I think they had their chances. They hit a couple posts. Mick Smith made a couple saves. I'm not totally sold on Mike Smith yet. He's apt to just lay an egg next game and just get blown out again. So we'll see what happens. But I, I'm still taking the Oilers in this series. They have too much firepower. They're too good. Bouchard looked good last game. I like them. I, I, I like the way they're built. As, as much as I like them, I just don't think LA has it like I've talked about. But yes, I'm happy the Oilers won. It's it's nice to see series 1-1. One, one. keeps me engaged. keeps the fans engaged. I, it stinks when it's just like, eight series in their four, nothing four one, whatever it is. So it's going to be a good playoffs. Like we expected all these teams are evenly matched and we're going to have a nice long Stanley cup playoffs. So with that said, let's get to the points bets and what everybody is here for. We got, again, I love, I love the scheduling four games a night. It's absolutely beautiful. We got four games tonight. You have COVID. What are the fans putting their money tonight? Where are we, where are we going with their money? Little caveat, I'm probably delirious, so maybe this isn't the night to, to bet your 401k. Or this but is the I, night. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'm finally seeing true. I like yeah. Boston tonight, the first game. Oh, my gosh. I you like don't. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, come on. This is the bounce-back game. We made these roster changes, the lineup changes, the goalie change. I, 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 they don't want to be embarrassed. I think they know they're on Too match. Late. I don't think they want to be embarrassed. Uh, and so I can see them bouncing back. That's my pick for, for this one. What about you? This series is going to change the trajectory of Boston Bruins for the next 10 years. And I don't say that lightly. Them getting waxed four straight games is going to make the management reevaluate where to go with the Boston Bruins. So they're going to get waxed tonight and they're going to get waxed the next time they play. This series is over. The Bruins are outmatched and they're going to have to make some tough decisions in the offseason. Bergeron's not going to come back. They're going to deal some other players. And this is it. The, the, the decade is over for the Bruins. Marchand's gone. Bergeron's gone. Pasternak they're going to stick around with. But yeah, this is it, Tim. I'm sorry. This is it. Sometimes you just have to say it like it is. Rip the Band-Aid off. And this matchup versus the Carolina Hurricanes, the one that they wanted, the one that was ideal for them, this was it. They had to win this one to go to the next round. This was a perfect scenario for them. And they're just getting destroyed. It must sting a little bit that it's this glaring and a typical Bruins fan. Oh, they're going to win. They're going to win. It's a change of scenery. It's going to be great. They suck. They're going to lose. You know, it's, you know, it's tough. I'm looking at their, their cap friendly right now. Bergeron's a UFA. And I think, yep. I think we have to start accepting the fact that he might be gone. He's not going to want to do another grind of a regular season for this again next year. You know what I mean? And then he was also 36 years old. And then you look at movable pieces. You keep Pasternak. Marshawn's a piece that you might move, but then you look at the rest of the roster. It gets real thin real quick. This, it falls right off. You got the Coils and Felino, DeBrus, Craig Smith, Holla. Like those aren't top line players. You know what I mean? It gets, you get into Povertyville really quickly. So this is <laughs> time for another show, but man, that's, that's depressing as heck. It's not good. They had their window and they did not capitalize on it, but they tried. I'll give them that. They tried their best. All right. Another game Maple Leafs Lightning going back to Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's got the good feelings going on. Maple Leafs maybe got a little bruise to their ego. I'm taking, oh gosh, I'm taking the lightning. I think they're going to take this one. 
I'm going to keep the good times rolling, and then the Maple Leafs will bounce back in Game Four, or the other way around. I think they go back to Toronto two-two. That's what I, that's what I think is going to happen. But tonight, I'm going to take the Tampa Bay Lightning for all our points bets fans out there. Me too. Second. All right, Wild Blues. Same one-one. Who do you got? The Wild played well the second game. Blues played well the first game. Which team is going to show up? Uh, St. Louis. I think I think they'll have a nice bounce back. I think they'll be uh, amped up coming back home. They have a really, really strong arena, really strong crowd. So I think, yeah, I think they win this one. Again, I like them to win this series. So I think this is a big game for them. The, is the arena strong? Is it block or is it poured foundation? Like a strong structurally? Well, the fans are hungry, John. Oh, hungry. the fans. Okay. They I thought you it. meant like a strong structure, like a lot of rebar, a lot of reinforcement. Sorry. Well, that too. Yeah, that too. It's it's I've a strong arena. It is. So I'm going to take the Wild just because I think the Wild, they're going to, you know, carry on that good feeling. Capri- Once you get Kaprizov going, that's scary. You got you to slow him down somehow. I think the first game, the Blues just got, they were fortunate with the Perron hat trick and the three power play goals and the, the rebounds going right on his tape. I think that was very fortunate luck for a little David Perron. So I'm taking the Wild. Oilers Kings, the late, late, late show. Coming hatch coming at you from LA. I'm going LA. Bounce back game. Johnny Quick's going to be between the pipes. I think he's going to rebound, respond. He's going to have a good game. They're going to win this game like five to two. My prediction. I agree. I'm going four for four in home teams tonight. I like LA as well. And this will uh, be a yeah. series um, where the last change is probably the most important in this series. I think LA has two very good defensive lines. I think they got away from it last game and they got, you know. You saw you didn't see it in the five on five, but they got penalties. They were drawing penalties. I think you see Deneau shadowing McDavid, and I think you see Kopitar versus Dreinsidel. It's going to be a really big chess match this game with the last change being with LA. So I think LA has the advantage. I like them coming in. So does Tim. So get out there, get the points bet, spend some money, make some money. We'll see you guys on Monday. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Delivered by DoorDash.